0: Good day and welcome to you. Here at this podcast, we discuss death, cemeteries, and everything in between. I share my experiences working in a cemetery for over 10 years, as well as my love for cemeteries and headstones. We also sprinkle in topics in pop culture related to movies, Freemasonry, the Illuminati, video games, spirits, and news. Get fitted, lay back, and enjoy your coffin welcome to cemetery tales podcast yes here we go it's another great day today is september 24th 2021 and you are listening to the cemetery tales podcast i am your host gerard Terrell, and today on the podcast we're going to feature our signature series for the next couple of weeks going we into Halloween and that is our Fear of the Dead series and this episode is Fear of the Dead, a dark history of vampire beliefs. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have a different opinions and everything when it comes to vampires. You know, um, what do you think about when you think, of, think about vampires? I mean, for me, you know, I think of eternal life and how sunlight can burn them, you know, but a lot of people think about fangs and blood and drinking the blood and how they can't see themselves in mirrors or garlic, steaks, not food, not food, but steaks that you stab them in the heart with. Uh, Some people also think of coffins and castles, but in reality, the vampires didn't start out really clearly defined. In reality, they really, really didn't start off like that. Scholars suspect that the modern concept of vampires has evolved over time from various traditional beliefs that were held back in Europe. Now, we both know, that we all know that's listening, that you can go back to Egyptian times, Babylonian times, Sumerian times, of uh, vampires. You can even look at some traditional uh, literature throughout history about Lilith. If you didn't know, in some religions, Lilith is the first woman. She was there with Adam and came came there and was built in the same mode as Adam before Eve came from the rib. You know, I'm not gonna go too deep into the story of Lilith, but some say that she's the first vampire. You know, go ahead and Google Wikipedia, however you want to look at it, Britannica, check it out. But you know, Lilith is a interesting figure, or the book of Nod, that's something else you guys can check out if you ever heard of it. But these beliefs they centered around the fear that the dead, once they was buried, they could still cause harm to the living. Now, I wanna say this real quick now, question that I was going through when I was going through this thing is, why are there fences around cemeteries? More so in particular, Roth iron. So I can explain that to you. Listen to the podcast, I got your back. Roth iron fences, those things were placed around cemetery to prevent wild animals from entering the grounds and taking up recently buried human remains. You know, these now before concrete vault liners became the, the standard, shallow graves made the odor of a decomposing corpse more noticeable. Now, I'm not sure if you ever smelled death or a dead body before, but it's a very particular smell, a very particular smell. I'll share a story with you real quick. All right, so one day I did an indigen burial service. Now, indigen is for people that couldn't afford to have their burial services, so the city or the state would pay for those burial services. So I was doing a indigenous uh, burial service, and we buried the lady in the ground. She had like a cardboard-ish kind of uh, wooden casket. Indigenous burials—they didn't have vaults, so when we we dug them, we had to make sure that there was like little miles in the ground so we can shimmy the straps off from under the casket. So we we always made sure to slide the casket as far as possible to the left so that when we dug the next one, we wouldn't hit the casket. Hence my story on the lady grabbing my backhoe bucket and was coming out the grave and I had to jump in the grave and slide her body back into her casket. So we buried this lady and a week after burying the lady, we had to dig her up. So we found out she had family and the family wanted her to be buried with the rest of her family another part of the cemetery. So we started the process, started digging her up. So just a quick reminder, she didn't have a vault. So we get to the lid of her coffin or casket, sorry, and it's destroyed. So we have to figure out a way to get her out of the grave. Now, once we get to that top part, that lid of her casket, all we see is a body bag and some gloves and a, and a tag with her name on it. Now, immediately after we get to the bottom of the casket, mind you, I keep digging on the sides and everything. It's flies and bees. And then you get two things, that smell of death, and then it's liquid. Now, luckily, we was prepared. Now, if you don't know anything about how you have to use Vicks in these situations, people that work in the cemetery industry understand, you have to put Vicks into your nose, not just on your lip, Not just right there in the little piece where your mustache goes, you're a man. You gotta put it into your nose. That's the only way you can handle it because that death smell will stay with you for weeks. For weeks is different. It's a different smell if you ever smelled it before y'all. So we had to lift her out the grave and place her in a casket. Then we loaded that casket into the hearse and then we re-interned her into another grave that we had dug to put her back in there. The reason I said that, because when you look back at vampires, um, a lot of those first graveyards, they smell really bad, right? So when a lot of people didn't understand the, the decomposition of bodies. So a lot of people thought when they seen these these bodies were how it breaks down, you know, a corpse the skin, it shrinks, the teeth and fingernails, they appear like they're growing, you know, hair and everything and again as the organs break down that's where we come to this fluid again that that fluid it can leak out of your nose and leak out of your mouth now a lot of people was unfamiliar with this process of death you know back in the times during europe where they thought you know these vampires are real folks so they would interpret this fluid as blood and suspect that the corpse had been drinking it from the living so bloody corpses were not the only thing Cause for suspicion when it comes to vampires. You know, before people understood a little bit more about certain diseases that spread, they sometimes imagined vampires were behind the unseen forces slowly ravishing their communities. Now, the one constant in the evolution of vampire legend has been its close association with disease. Even when it comes to biting, you understand what I'm saying? Trying to kill vampires or prevent them from feeding was a way of people to feel as though they had some kind of control over the disease. That disease is porphyria. Now it's a it's a group of mostly inherited diseases caused by defects and making him It's a key compound in hemoglobin in the red blood cells. Now, in different types of porphyria, an affected person may be photosensitive due to the, the porphyrin molecules in the skin. Now, these molecules cause extreme sensitivity to light, like vampires, which can lead to pain, like blistering and scarring from the sunlight, like you would think or see with vampires. So affected people, of course, told not to be in the sun. Makes sense, right? Also, people that were suffering from the disease were advised advised not to eat garlic to avoid it, At all costs, which is another thing when it comes to vampires, because the sulfates can actually make the symptoms from the disease worse. So it makes sense. It's a great way to start saying, hey, we have vampires. But I want to say there is people out here that live a vampire lifestyle. I watched a show. I can't remember what it's called now. It's this guy. His name was Lestat. I know interviewed a vampire, but not that Lestat, you know, or the folklore. The stat and rice, brown stoker. I get it, but not that, not the that other stat. So, it's this guy named stat. He was, um, you know, living a vampire lifestyle. He would he drink blood, he's sleeping coffins, and everything. It's people out here, if you didn't know, on this taboo show. I feel like it was on HBO back when I was younger, like a teenager, where people really lived his lifestyle. It's very interesting when you think about it, but I don't know. We just had to figure things out, man. Vampires, they, they something else. So we'll take a quick break. I want to say on the next episode, we probably talk about Lilith, or we may go into our next part of um, our Fear of the Dead series. Um, When we go about those that's unaware and sprinting is going to be the title, because you understand what I'm saying about those those guys and girls that run around that don't even know what they're doing. But they changed because all of a sudden they went from walking to full-out sprinting. And i want to say this before i even get to that episode if i'm in zombie land and i'm getting chased i'm not going to make it i'm a trip and fall i know i'm gonna be the black guy that don't make it in the movie because if i'm getting chased by zombies man there's no way there's no way i am not running no zombie man i have to follow the rules like zombie land i gotta make sure i'm in certain places i gotta be in vehicles I got to check things. Look, I got to make sure I do all the things. You know, we can't play around with the Bill Murrays that's out there faking zombies. You know, it's like anybody that's not talking, we got to take them out. Anyway, let's take a break, man. I don't want to get too much into that, but let's take a break and we come right back more into this topic of the vampire and their beliefs. Um, the beliefs in, throughout history. So I appreciate you for listening to the Terry Tales Podcast. <music> Right, now that we're back from that break let's get back to it so a person may become a vampire in a variety of ways the most common of which is to be bitten by a vampire of course other methods include sorcery contagion or having a cut a cat jump over a person's corpse you know tradition tradition superstition now while vampires do not die of disease or other natural human afflictions and they are indeed often said to have faster than normal healing capabilities they have a variety different methods for their destruction the most popular of these include a wooden stake through the heart which we talked about a little bit earlier fire decapitation and exposure to sunlight vampires are often depicted as being repelled by garlic crucifixes and of course holy water now some stories like let me in it's a great movie vampires may enter a home only if they are invited, and others that may be distracted by the scattering of objects, such as seeds or grains, that they are compelled to count. That's interesting, right? Thereby enabling potential victims to escape. Now, vampire myths were especially popular in Eastern Europe, and the word vampire most likely originated from that region. Digging up the bodies of suspected vampires were practiced in many cultures throughout Europe. And it's thought to, that the natural characteristics of decomposition, again, such as the receding gums and the appearance of growing hair and fingernails, reinforced the belief that corpses were, in fact, continuing some manner of life after death. Also, so possibly contributing to this belief was the, the pronunciation, the pronouncement, I'm sorry, of death, people were not dead, Because of the constraints of medical diagnosis at that time, people were very ill, or sometimes even very drunk, sometimes they got lit a little bit, and then some people thought they was dead and they miraculously recovered. Sometimes it's too late to prevent them from their burial. But even vampires led to such rituals as again staking corpses through the heart before they were buried. Some cultures of dead were buried face down to prevent them from finding their way out of the grave, not so they can kiss their ass. Like some people say, I want to be buried face down. It's not like that, man. But that's that's one reason why people face down like that in the grave. The modern incarnation of vampire myth seems have stemmed largely from the Gothic European literature of the 18th and 19th century. By the time vampire hysteria was peaking in Europe, you know, Dracula is arguably the most important work out of all vampire fiction. I will say there is one movie out uh, of the Dracula movies that was quality, quality, that's that Dracula Untold. It's a fantastic movie, just my opinion. The tale of the Transylvanian Count who uses these supernatural abilities, he can, he, yeah, he can shape shift, he can turn into bats, and he can have mind control, you know. Um, it, it, that Dracula inspired a lot of different works. So. Um, Bram Stoker, Bram Stoker's uh, novels had a lot of um, a lot of things that that's in today that that really like shaped a lot of the vampire fiction. You know, in the twentieth century, a lot of vampires began to turn from being depicted as like animalistic creatures, you know, predominantly animalistic, animalistic, and instead displayed a broader range of human characteristics. Start seeing more like in um, uh, Anne Rice, like an in interview with a vampire. You start seeing vampires a little more brutal and self loading, kind of like humans, right? Just a little bit. You know, uh, Anne Rice vampires are a little more vulnerable emotionally than vampires have previously been. They were less vulnerable physically, susceptible only to daylight and fire and the death of the first of their kind, and possess superhuman beauty. They had superhuman speed and, of course, superhuman senses. An interview with a vampire was highly popular and sparked a revival of vampire fiction. I'm pretty sure you guys knew that already, you know. Um, and Rice herself, she wrote several more books, which became known as the Vampire Chronicles. And they actually made more movies about them. Makes sense, right? Vampire as uh, a misunderstood romantic hero picked up steam in the 20th century, particularly here in the United States. In many tales, vampires are characterized, characterized I'm sorry for their appetite for human blood, paralleling their sexual appetite. Now, in Lower Harder, came up with Obsession. That was one of the first vampire novels to be categorized as romantic. It's the romance genre rather than science fiction, fantasy, or even horror. You know, a show I watched was, of course, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's a great TV show, you know, with Buffy out there. Um, Had a romance with a vampire, Angel, you know, that was on TV for a good six, six, seven years. You know, um, they also appeared in shows like True Blood. And what they always think about True Blood is I always found it interesting how like the vampires were just like part of society. Everybody knew who the vampires were. And everything it was different. It was different for me, anyway. You know, and then let's go, into, let's go into Twilight, man. You know, vampire romance for the teens. Came in there when it came to Edward, um, Robert Pattinson, and Bella, you know, in the Twilight Saga with their um, high school romance. And, you know, they could, that they can sparkle in the sun, right? Uh-huh. Correct, you know. I never watched uh Twilight, believe it or not. I never watched that man, never. Um, uh, I know a lot of people watched it, never watched it. Man, my old boss used to talk about this whole thing between Team Edward and Team Jacob, and I didn't know it was about werewolves and, and you know, all this thing. I, I had no idea, man, but eventually, uh, I found out, you know. Of course, um, uh, when Blade came out, it changed the game, I feel like, and I know that, um. Uh, Morbius is coming out soon. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing that movie. I'm glad that they're doing it for Marvel. You know, but you got to bring back Blade with Wesley, man. It only makes sense. I know that uh, uh, Makai is coming to be this new uh, Blade, but, man, it's nothing like seeing Wesley out there, man. Nothing like it. You know, so it's a great movie. And the Underworld, I like Underworld. You know, that's the first time you can uh, I guess I can't say first time but you really seem like that war between the vampires and the werewolves or the likings and all this I liked it a lot you know if I had to choose between a vampire or werewolf I'm actually going to lean towards that werewolf Uh, I'm not saying I want to have my bones broken to transform and all this other stuff and be unaware of what I'm doing but I'm just saying I prefer being a werewolf I guess you get eternal life too you know silver bullets and things can take you smooth on out the game as well you know, so in this whole process of doing this research for these vampires, I started learning different things. Now, I watched vampire diaries, you know, off and on, but I didn't know anything about these light rings. Now, you guys that that's watch vampire diaries may be more familiar with this um, and the moon rings for the werewolves. But the light rings is so they can walk in the daytime as long as they had this ring on and so the sun would not burn on them. I was like, man, that, that's interesting. So I had to read more about it. You started learning, like, like, the witches created these, these rings for them, you know, help with the story and everything. And then the moon rings for the werewolves to where you don't always have to transform when it's a full moon. and You have to always go into this animalistic nature, you know. Um, so as you know, I am a fan of werewolves as well. And we will do a werewolf series um, in these next couple of weeks. So I'm not saying we're we'll do the traditional monster series that they're trying to do right now when it comes to dracula um, a mummy you know the mummy not britain fraser mummy but i kind of like that new word mummy that was kind of similar to enchantress i think that's why that movie did terrible tom cruise did a good job acting in that movie but that is just my opinion i don't want to you know really give no true criticism about that movie but i just want to say that real quick but that concludes today. Man, it was a different episode. We actually did something super different by coming out with a full episode. Still telling my cemetery stories mixed in there. This is the first episode that we went away from that cemetery feature. I know I mentioned about the brand new cherry flavor. I still haven't watched it, so I apologize, y'all. I have not talked about it in this podcast episode just because I have not watched it yet. I would need more time to get back into it. Um, I did have a question that I posted on Twitter about fears uh, of society today and also have you spent a night in the cemetery before. Now I just want to say um, it is a couple people that made some nice comments about them staying in the cemeteries. I'm also asking about Ouija boards. So I will say I have stayed in the cemetery before um, for a night or two uh, when I was shooting a movie. And also stayed in there just for my own purposes to, uh, just to see what it's like. And that that's going to prompt me to start talking about uh, cemeteries you don't want to be in at night because of how things are. It's actually one out here in Houston, Texas. Now, I should probably talk about that. won't be the next episode because we'll go into our um, Unaware and Sprinting. Uh, that'll be the next episode title. And then we'll go into... Um, more than likely we're wolves. before we start talking about um, cemeteries you probably don't want to be in at night. You know, maybe we could do something on TikTok about it or something. But thank you for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We do have a YouTube. It's not it's not really any videos except one video that's about Sage. And then, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I appreciate you for checking me out today. And We will have more content coming. Catch me next Friday, um, man. This will be a great thing as we keep moving forward. So I appreciate you. Again, my name is Gerard Terrell, and you are listening to Cemetery Tales Podcast. I'll catch you in the next one.